Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Yash Daftari, founder and CEO of Fanbasis. Yash, thank you so much for being in the show. Appreciate it a lot. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here, June. It's a pleasure to meet you. Okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And also, um, just to talk a little bit about Fanbasis, it's like the first uh, content or creator monetization. So, um. So that that's that's the thing that I uh, learn about it. And you started this first business that you have at a very, very young age. Not this particular business, but the, the other business that you have, which you started like at 16. So mm-hmm. again, you have a pretty good foundation um, back there and also started in entrepreneurship at a very young age. But I just want to learn more, which I'm like personally curious about. What builds you um, this foundation that you have that enables you to like, build this current business that you got? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the current business I'm working on is fan basis, but you know, my, I've started a couple of companies in the past. I've exited some, some of them as well. Um, you know, things in along the lines of agencies, e-commerce brands, um, you know, and other startups too. My first big business was, uh, you know, I, I started that when I was in high school, uh, junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, always kind of had an interest in the startup space. You know, even when I was in elementary and middle school, I had little businesses going on. So always kind of, you know, knew where my interests were, were uh, aligned. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, what, what really kind of got me interested in it is I realized at an early age, like every single, no matter what profession you do, it, at the end of the day, everything is business. You know, you're going to have to negotiate. You're going to have to um, sign some sort of clients. You're going to be dealing with other people, building teams or being a part of a team. So that's kind of what you know, really got me interested in it. And uh, the startup space specifically got me really interested because, you know, I love the concept of being able to build something that you can really innovate with, you know, make an impact in the world with. And also, um, you know, kind of uh, it, it, in a sense, it's like kind of like an art of, you know, building a company. It's um, you're essentially as a CEO, you know, the director and the painter, and you're kind of putting all the pieces into the place um, to, um, to, to get a team that can, you know, help make your vision come true. That's just pretty amazing back there. And I know uh, that's that's uh, that's your 40, like startup businesses. And they're also saying that, or majority of the business owners, they're saying one of the most difficult thing in having a business is like starting a business. So what's like the, the most, um, like the most difficult thing that you, um, that you can say in, in like having like a startup business? And how do yes. you like deal with that or overcome that? Uh, yeah, you know, starting a business is not easy. There will be, and it's hard to pinpoint one, you know, specific challenge, I would say. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and it really depends on the industries that you're in, right? Um, I would say starting the business itself is the hardest part where, you know, one, when you first create your LLC or your C Corp, depending on what kind of business you're creating, um, and, you know, create the market, do some market research, create that business plan, create your first pitch deck. It's all exciting stuff. And then that's kind of when it really starts to get real where, um, you know, for, for some people like building the app itself and dealing with the development team when you don't have a technical background can be a really, you know, difficult challenge for most people. Fundraising is the hardest challenge um, where, you know, after you've got a, say you've got a billion dollar idea and you know for a fact that it's going to work, but you don't have experience in entrepreneurship before and you've, you know, you don't have any sort of industry expertise. It's uh, it, it could be difficult sometimes to get you know people to believe in you and raise that those initial funds. And you know, at the end of the day, like 
uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a network of people that kind of helped me with that when I was early as an entrepreneur. But um, and don't, don't get me wrong, I put in a lot of work to develop that network as well. I was, you know, created my LinkedIn when I was 13 years old. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people obviously don't you know, don't kind of think like that, and you know, don't have those kinds of advantages. So it it makes it uh, a little bit more of a journey to you know find and. Um, overcome those challenges. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, the feedback that you'll find if you build an advisory team or you speak to 100 CEOs that are of all Fortune 500 companies, whatever it might be, they're all going to tell you that, you know, you just have to stay determined and persistent and consistent. You know, if you know your idea is good, if you know that you and your, you know, heart have the ability to execute on it, uh, which is a very important part, um, is, you know, having the confidence in yourself. But if you have, you know, both of those things, then, if you keep on going and going, you will overcome those challenges eventually. <laughs> it, persistence, persistence, that's one of the thing. And that's it. Um, you started at a very young age. That's why you're able to like um, accumulate this uh, drive that you have. And another thing that, about what you said is like building a network. So mm-hmm. can you give us like an idea and how do you like establish this um, network that you have that sustains on whatever you have right now? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways to do it. And uh, I've been doing this for a while already. So I've, you know, kind of experienced a lot of different things. Um, so I'll say some of the most valuable ways to really build out your network. One, LinkedIn is literally free networking. That's where you start. You create your LinkedIn profile, connect with people that you're interested in connecting with. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the times they'll connect back with you. You can send them a message, um, do whatever you need to do. Now, that's something that I utilize more for um, specific purposes. So if I'm looking to find an agency to partner with, for example, I'll go on LinkedIn and look up for people uh, like that. But when I was early, you know, starting out and building my network, I would just go and connect with as many people that are, were interesting to me as I can, and then try to set up meetings with them, see how I can deliver value to them in one way or the other, or they can deliver value to me, right? And I would say one very important part of building partnerships and relationships that most people don't understand is don't make it transactional off the rip unless the other person is extremely transactional you know always provide as much value as you can up front um for example with you you invited me onto this podcast in a sense i kind of owe you one subconsciously you know what i mean um so you know that's how that's how you know you should go about building relationships and all the long lasting relationships that have gotten the most value out of uh have been built that way now on top of that um outside of just linkedin and you know internet uh, internet connections um, I try to go to, uh, you know, multiple, at least two to three different networking events per month, any area that you live in, you're going to find networking events, you know, they're literally everywhere. There's always groups of like-minded people that are looking to meet up. You can find it on, you know, different websites where these events are going to be happening. Literally just Google it on a, or look it up on Eventbrite, Meetup, Facebook, and you'll find different events. Um, so I try to do at least two to three of those every month. Best way to do it is you find a couple of people that are also, you know, interested in these things, figure out and have them, you know, send you invitations or referrals to where, you you know, you want to go. And over time, you know, after you kind of get your foot in the door there, there you'll be leveling up and you'll get invited to more exclusive things, you know, things that are, you know, uh, invitations. Like I went to a breakfast this morning that was uh, with only, you know, eight figure CEOs. So, you know, things like that. And th- that's where you really start making some moves. And, you know, it, it's not like it just happens overnight. You got to get to a point where you can, you know, be in deserve an invite to those kinds of things. Right. Um, so 
uh, you know, that's another way to do it. And then, um, you know, the, the third thing is, you know, always stay networking. You know, you'll never know when you meet anyone. It takes one person to change your life. That's all it is. One person to believe in you, one person to invest in you, one person to connect you with someone else that will give you the biggest, you know, client of your career. And uh, you never know when it can happen. You know, you can meet someone in the bathroom. And one of my best friends I met in the bathroom of a restaurant is <laughs> so random, but, it, you know, it happened. And we've done business together. We've made over six figures together, too. Um, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how it goes, you know, always, you know, whoever you meet, you always be conscious about your reputation, the way you want to present yourself. Don't ever walk out of the house, you know, if, uh, and say, you know, the way I think about it is my biggest client sees me right now, what will they think? Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of how you, you want to always be carrying yourself and keeping it in the back of your head. It's just fascinating how that goes. Like just meeting <laughs> someone. <laughs> And um, yeah. it's. I also like the thing that you said about like providing value to have this lasting relationship, because mm -hmm. what's uh, again fascinating is that our CEO uh, Lucas James just uh, writing a book about this, and that's what he keeps on instilling into our mind. It's it's, it's all about like providing value first. Like it, it it's not like 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 actually like pitching or selling. It's about like the value that provide that you provide that um makes this lasting relationship that's what exactly you said so it's just pretty amazing and um, another thing i know there are a lot of um trends in development especially with uh, ai right now chat gpt so how do you keep up how do you keep up with this i know networking is one of the things that helps you to be on top of this um uh like latest trends in development but again to delve into it further how do you keep up with that yeah, so we've actually added some basic AI into our platform, actually not using ChatGPT. Um, you know, there's there's a few thoughts that I have, and I also worked in venture capital prior to starting Fanbases too, you know. Um, after I, you know, worked on my first venture, I uh, worked in VC um, for about three years, and I gained a lot of valuable insights there. And, you know, one of the things that you kind of want to avoid, and you see a lot of the times, and it happens every single time there's a new trend or technology that comes out, you know, First happened with AR, then happened with, uh, you know, AR, VR, virtual reality, happened with like identification kinds of technologies, things like that. Now it's happening with AI, um, you know, is you don't want to shoehorn a technology into whatever product you have just for the sake of doing so. Right. And that's where a lot of people make a mistake. You know, right now, even with ChatGPT and AI, you see people that are like utilizing ChatGPT and making, you know, one specific um, product utilizing an aspect of it and then putting a different user interface and white labeling it as a brand new company. And it's like, okay, you know, that's not going to actually work. Like you, you might be solving a problem and creating a solution to a problem that people actually want. But at the end of the day, the, you don't actually have any sort of intellectual property there. You know, um, you didn't build anything and your, your company isn't going to be worth that much in the long run because of that fact. Right. Uh, if you're going to use it as like an MVP or something like that, it makes a lot of sense or even even for like a beta, but you can build a full business around that. And, you know, I have friends in the VC space that are telling me they're, you know, half, half the companies are speaking to right now are kind of just doing that. And they're like, it's such a waste of time. Uh, so, you know, and when I say keeping up and going back to your question, actually, of how do we kind of keep up with these trends and things like that is, you know, one for me, I get a lot of value from newsletters. Um, you know, newsletters of, you know, entrepreneurs I'm signed up to, things like that. Two, um, my network, frankly, is where I get a lot of value as well, where we share, you know, kind of things that we come across. My friends, I, I think a very important part of networking itself is creating a really close circle. 
of people that, you know, are very like-minded, you know, all of my, my friends and people that I hang out with. And if I'm going to hit up, you know, friends to go to dinner tonight, all of them are seven or eight figure entrepreneurs themselves too. And it just happened to be that way. It's not like I said, Oh, like, you know, this guy's rich. Let me become friends with him. Like that's not at all what happened. It's more because we all kind of had the same level of ambition and vision and we were working all, all working on cool things. Um, and, uh, you know, we basically connected because of our, our similar interests there. So, you know, that's, uh, and that's another thing there, you know, your, your network and your, uh, people you surround yourself with should also be like-minded and they should be the ones kind of providing you with this information. In addition to you also having ways to access it yourself. Agree. Agree. A hundred percent with that one, especially with um, the people that you are interacting with, because, um, the same thing as you said, it reduces like the friction and it gives you like, um, a, a boost. It, it's not like you're doing it um like roughly again it reduces the friction if it, it comes like naturally to you if you like hang out with these people that are like like-minded and um how about i know for startups it's a little bit difficult to measure but what are like the the kpis or the metrics that you use to measure like uh the success at this very early stage of the business yeah so you know at the end of the day that's all startup specific right a B2B SaaS company has completely different metrics than a, you know, app that has a freemium model or something of that nature or a marketplace. So specifically for my company, um, there's a couple of things that we look at and my KPIs change based on the stage we're at. You know, our KPIs were different when we were pre-seed, um, you know, level company to when we became a seed level company. After we, you know, launched our beta, prior to launching our beta, you know, the, the objectives were all different, right? Um, at the end of the day, I think that being very well prepared and planned out is um, something that's super important uh, where, you know, essentially you need to have goals or where do you want to be in, uh, you know, a month from now, a week from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, and kind of having that all down, even not just on, you know, projections, but also with a plan for marketing a plan for your product and a plan for your, you know, sales or onboarding team um, and things of that nature. So I would say each kind of division of my company has different KPIs that I set out for them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, my KPIs as the, you know, founder and CEO of the company, um, on a high level, just come down to kind of the growth on, you know, growing the marketplace on the user side and growing the marketplace, uh, in terms of revenue, uh, and GMV. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, I focus on, but, you know, if you ask my onboarding guy, he's got 20 different KPIs that he's looking to hit for the month. Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I'd explain it. Got it. Got it. And um, going back to the the changes, I'm um, not really like the the changes itself, but um, like there there are latest trends and developments out there. Uh, but and but like the the change, the thing that doesn't really change, um, somehow is like the the principles that you have where you're building this uh, things from, like the the core tenants. So that's one of the things that I'm curious about. So what are like your I know the answer is really somewhere uh, on the answers that you provided earlier, but I'm still going to ask you this. What are like the, the core principle that you have that hasn't really, really changed over time? Yeah, frankly, I don't think I've touched on that yet. So um, that hasn't really changed over time, right? That's what you're asking? Mm. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I would say, you know, one core principle is making sure you focus on the experience that people have with your product. Um, at the end of the day, your product is a reflection of yourself, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, I, I don't that you'll never go and find someone that has any sort of bad thing to say about fan bases because, you know, consumer, all the customers we have, this, you know, the celebrities and talent that we work with, all the partners that we have, we, you know, aim and provide excellence in everything that we do when it comes to, uh, you know, the users interacting with our product, purchasing an experience, you know, doing a meet and greet with a celebrity to the celebrity's actual interaction with, you know, creating their storefront on our app and having someone on our customer success team and service team um, that's, you know, responding to them immediately, providing them with whatever level of comfort they need. Same thing with our partners. And one of the reasons we've been able to find so much success is because we execute, you know, well, and we execute quickly. So I would say, you know, focusing on um, the experience you're providing with all the people that, you know, you work with um, mm-hmm. is, is, you know, the, probably the biggest core principle um, that, you know, I have personally. And then on top of that, it's, you know, I, I personally always want to work towards something that's kind of, you know, not just in one sector. I want to do work towards something that's, um, you know, has a really big vision and can have a lot of applications, right? With fan bases, for example, and just to kind of touch on this with, uh, you know, the, the listeners of this podcast, basically we've created a marketplace where celebrities, athletes, influencers, and artists can sell experiences to their fans. So anything from a one-on-one video call with Dennis Rodman to a follow back on Instagram from your favorite social media star or Ric Flair to a cooking lesson with a master chef winner on how to make the perfect filet mignon. Um, All of that can be done through our platform and you can essentially purchase these interactions with different celebrities, influencers, and athletes um, utilizing our our marketplace and all of it's fulfilled in our marketplace as well. Um, So with, uh, with that being said, you know, what I love about this business is there's so many different verticals that can go down, right? It doesn't apply to just athletes, doesn't apply to just, you know, cooking influencers or fitness influencers. We can get a broad range of people. What my goal is at the end of the day with this company is to create an Amazon for experiences of all kinds where, you know, we start with celebrities, influencers, and athletes, but eventually we have people, you know, like yourself selling an experience for, you know, 250 bucks saying, Hey, I'll give you a 10 minute call on how to start your own podcast. Um, and uh, people like myself offering one-on-one mentorship or consulting or, you know, how do you get, you've got a business idea, how do you get it off the ground, right? And kind of making, you know, any sort of ex- digital product service uh, or experience that you need available on our platform. So that's what the, you know, the goal is. And there's a lot of different avenues you can go down to do that, um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, uh, it's creating something that's actually useful, solving some sort of, you know, market need. Um, figuring and got to make sure, you know, an advice to any new entrepreneurs is make sure that whatever product you're solving has a market need because most entrepreneurs fail by not figuring that out early enough. And then they go through mm-hmm. the whole process of building a product, investing money, fundraising, and then they realize, oh, no one actually wants what I built. And uh, then then you've got a little bit of a problem. So um, I would say, you know, what the before I even write up a business plan, first thing I do is do a tremendous amount of market research. Um, you know, figure out what every single competitor in the space or right? what everyone, anyone in the competitive landscape, you know, has done, how they became successful, how they, you know, when they were uh, in the idea stage, what did they do to make it happen, right? And figuring, you know, and it gives you a lot of inspiration too and a lot of ideas on how you can, you know, optimize your own business and, you know, reach your, your end goals quicker. 100% um, doing that research first and knowing the target um, audience that you have before, even like investing a lot on it. Exactly. I've also like amazing. It's just amazing. I've like I saw that pattern as um, with these business owners that I'm um, reaching out to. So I think that's one of the pretty basic things that needs to be done. And if you like have a business, but mm-hmm. um, 
this is one of the questions that I ask usually at the end of the um, podcast. It's kind of cliche, but I'll be asking you, Yash, what is the secret of like um, building, uh, growing and scaling a business? Those three, you think, what are the secrets? So, you know, it's like I kind of said before, it really does depend on each business, right? You know, scaling an agency, for example, a marketing agency is very different than scaling a tech startup or, you know, or even a marketplace where you have two sides, right? Mm. Um, You know, my favorite thing to do is growth hack where you can get a lot done without spending any money on marketing or any money on acquiring sales. It depends though. Uh, with a company like Fanbasis, I can leverage the power of all the talent and celebrities that we have and utilize their social media followings to make a lot of impressions and generate a lot of impressions for us on social media. We've generated over 250 million impressions on social media without spending a single dollar. Um, you can't do that if you have in a marketing agency. You need to pay to figure out a way to get leads coming in, right? And there's a lot of stuff you can do organically. You can go and sit, sit on LinkedIn and reach out to 100 people a day and you'll find people eventually that were are interested in your services. Um, so... Um, you know, one thing that I can say, though, across the board for any company that you're doing and any entrepreneur, um, you know, you the building a, the right team is probably the, the best way to put yourself in a position to succeed and actually create a company that's scalable. You need to make sure that, you know, you don't, you don't have 20 people with overlapping skill sets or even, you know, three co-founders that aren't contributing value to uh, each other by having, you know, the same exact skill sets. So, um, you know, that's that's one thing that's that's uh, I think really important across the board with every company that I've ever built. And the ones that have failed have failed primarily for that reason. Um, you know, because we didn't have the right team in place, we had too many people with overlapping, you know, skill sets where uh, it doesn't really make sense to work together and co-found a business, right? You can't have five different idea guys on, you know, on your team. You need at least one guy who's going to do the execution of it too. You need a guy that's going to help you with the tech, a guy that's good at marketing, a guy that's good at sales. And then that's when you get, you know, a really cohesive team. Now, you know, no matter what challenge you're facing, you've got someone to deal with it. Um, so that's that's what I'd say my biggest piece of advice is, is don't go ahead and just start a business with your, you know, your best friend because you guys are friends and you think it's going to be, um, you know, fun for you to do. Make sure you go ahead and go to these networking events, find people that are interested in your idea, that believe in your vision, um, that can provide value and have a skill set that's completely different from yours because that's how you'll be able to put yourself in a position to succeed. Just amazing. Um, what you provided to us is actually like super insightful, and we can consider that as a liquid gold yash. It's amazing <laughs> how how sharp you are and and like uh, answering these questions. And you actually provided an actual structure uh, on how to like uh, do it. So, um, yash, if, if uh, again, really appreciate you being in a show, and what you provided to us is just uh, pretty amazing and super insightful. So, if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, reach out to you want to partner with you, what what would be the best way to do that? Uh, best way to do that would probably be on LinkedIn, or you can reach out to me on Instagram too. I'm pretty active there. And I will, we will just put it in the description so that yes. our audience or the listeners will not be able to, um, will be able to like find you right away. So guys, if you made it this far um, for our listeners, thank you for sticking with us. And if you got any value for today's episode, we would love to get a rating or a review where you get a podcast. And then if you have like a friend who's like in the midst of like starting their business, you can just pick this one and send this one to them. And another thing, take one for yourself. 
like take one thing that you learn, implement and execute it and let us know how it goes. We want to also um, hear about your wins. So again, uh, thank you so much for being part of our show, Yash. And uh, above all, thank you everyone for uh, reaching this far. It was a pleasure to be here, June. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it a lot, a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Um, again, everyone's listening. See you in the next episode. Cheers.